Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello. And this, Rob, I believe, we're not sure, are we? but we think it's episode 169. I think you're probably right, yeah. 169, yeah. Rob, of LA Podcast, Local Anesthetic. And for any of you who don't know, this is a podcast all about local news. And don't turn off. It's not like, you know, actually informing you of local news in your area. We are looking at local news from around the UK and occasionally the world to find those stories which are bizarre, funny, weird. Because I have to say, Rob, over the years we have covered stories that by right should have been on the news and national press. But nobody ever picks them up. You think, Rob, of some of the classics that we have had. Just bizarre, funny, I mean, some are slightly obscene. But, sinister. Uh, sinister, definitely. And uh, Disproportionate amount involving animals. Yeah, that's what's coming on to. There's, there's a, a lot of um, maiming and just general murder. Um, but not human to human. I have to say that if anybody doesn't know this, we've never discussed this, we do have red lines, don't we? And that we is do- that we, even <laughs> though there have been some stories we've really wanted to cover, any story that involves a person dying, we do not cover. That's what I meant to say to you last week. I don't think we ever have, have we? No, never. Um, we did cut out one once. We have cut out one the, once. The baked beans story. I'll leave yeah, that yeah. to the listeners' imagination. We got a story sent in last week um, from Craig. About a mass murder. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's just, if you, you may not remember this, but I sent you a story saying, I know there's no way we can feature this, but it, it's local anaesthetic material. Do you remember what it was? It, no. it involved a funeral. Oh. Craig sent in that story, and I thought, and again, that I, was brilliant. But can I just brilliant. say, I felt so badly for those it's, people. I mean, it's just, it's tr- tragic. It was horrific. If you just, people imagine what the worst thing that could possibly happen during a funeral is. I mean, you could look it up. It was a recent story. I'm not going to talk about it. Be, no. be, be unfair. Four minutes. It went on for four minutes. I just cannot believe it. Um, anyway, should we crack on, Robert? Yeah, absolutely. To say. Um, can, am I allowed to tell people that Robert if started? Yeah, Robert started a new job, which involves him needing to wear a suit every day. Uh, and prior to that, Rob didn't really care about his appearance. So Rob now is turning up here, I assume week after week, as long as they keep him in this job, yep. wearing a suit and tie. Uh, 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 and as I said to him, he kind of looks like he's going to a wedding or is a banker. Well, I mean, it's quite strange because over the past... I mean, I, this is only my third day. And for those who are fastidious, it's Wednesday the 10th of uh, February. Is it the 10th? It is the 10th, yes. Believe so, so it is. Yeah. Um, and I can already feel that my political leanings are changing. Um, I'm starting to uh, wonder whether socialism is the way forward and uh, I feel that... um, Just because you're wearing a suit? Yeah, I feel I should should stop caring about the lower classes and uh, Mm. look for maybe private uh, healthcare. So just to give you an image, me and Rob are sat either side of a kitchen table with Rob wearing a suit and tie and me wearing a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the table's really turned, haven't (laughs) they? That's very good, yeah. (laughs) Right, Rob, I'm going to kick us off. Because we got some. I said I've got great stories this week. You're saying you've got great stories this week. So we better not let anyone down, Rob. Exactly. Here's the first story, new shopper. By Helen Corbett at 12.22 on Tuesday the 9th. If Ooh, you the new time. journalist. I've never heard of Helen Corbett before. Here's the headline. I don't know why they took him. Terrapin that thinks he's a dog. Stolen from Bromley home. Terrapin that thinks he's a dog. Yes, that's right. Is he a guard terrapin or? <laughs> a terrapin that thinks he's a dog was snatched from his Bromley home last month and his owners are offering a £150 reward for his safe return. Oh, Think, no. Rob, £150. You <laughs> could track, you, terrapin. You could track down a terrapin. Could, actually, that's not a bad idea. But how long does we terrapin, could track down a terrapin. How long do terrapins li- live for? I've literally no idea. I mean, I, as, as, as te- uh, you know, as pets go, I don't know if they're one of those animals that can last like eighty years or if they're like three months. It's one of those where you can't tell if it's alive or dead. It moves so fucking slowly. Well, hang on, Rob. Charlesfield couple Nadia and Peter Chan, their home, Rob, was burgled about six p.m. on January the twenty-second. The intruders took Mr. Chan's car 
all of the house keys, mobile phones and cash, as well as Jim Jam, the Terrapin. Right. His name's Jim Jam. Okay. Jim <laughs> Jam, two separate words. So they, they actually so this was a proper burglary. Yeah, and they decided to take the terrapin as well. I mean, that man, that's like that's like people who go into people's homes and start rifling through their DVDs and leave the ones they don't want. Yeah. <laughs> Which does happen apparently. Jim Jam has been with the Chans for twenty years and roams freely around the house, only going only going into water in the morning and evening for his feeding time and climbing up the side of the tank when he's ready to come out. Mrs. Chan said, I never thought in a million years that of all the things someone would take, it would be Jim Jam. I don't know why they took him. It's a bit unusual to see a terrapin walking about the house. He thinks he's a dog. He likes to just be treated just like them because they've got dogs as well. Right. He was just very unhappy in the tank. Sorry, so each morning he will climb on the side of the tank, get out of the tank and just casually start walking around the house? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Right. Okay. I don't know why... They, uh, yeah. Jim Jam, even at, Jim Jam even has his own dog's bed next to Pet Staffy's Pippers, where he sleeps under a blanket. How do we know that the Staffies haven't eaten it? Well, where's the shell, Rob? Well, I don't know. They, I reckon the, the Staffy buried it. Just no, pushed it on the sofa. <laughs> I, I think if you lose a pet parapin, you yeah, maybe they didn't take it. Maybe the terrapin got scared off by the burglary. Well, it's also, if he's like a dog, maybe, maybe the burglar's left the door open and he's wandered off. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It all started with him imitating the couple's two chihuahuas who he lived alongside for 16 years. So they do live a long time. Fucking hell. So fucking hell, he's ancient. So they had two chihuahuas and he lived with them. But despite Jim Jam's reluctance to live life as a terrapin, he does have particular reptilian requirements. Mrs. Chan said, I just hope he's being looked after. He, if he isn't put in water, his skin gets very dry. <laughs> okay. He's actually a very intelligent pet. No, he's not. Rob. <laughs> he's not, Alex. I'm sorry. Wait. He didn't eat for a week when the chihuahuas died. He has feelings. <laughs> right, okay, so they were saying... That, I mean, no, I'll be fair. Pets do grieve, we know this. I mean... Everything, sure. else can, everything else can be replaced, but not Jim Jam. He's worth much money. He's not worth much money, but he's valuable to us. That's what I'm saying. It's and, new one. Uh, no, he's valuable to us, Rob, and he's so valuable... That the reward they're offering is £150. You fucking cheapskates. At least offer as much as a PlayStation 4 or something. <laughs> or just offer PlayStation 4. Yeah, PlayStation 4 <laughs> for finding the therapy. Um, I don't believe uh, at this point in time there are any comments on that story, so we're going to have to move on. Fair enough. Right. Uh, we're going to go down to Bournemouth now, Rob. Okay. From the Daily Echo. Katie Clark, Monday 8th of February. And when I say down to Bournemouth, that's a lie. We're going to the exact part of the world my parents occupy. And, and, and so I intimately am aware of what is going on in this story. Right. My parents live down near the sea at Muddiford Quay. If you walk down the beach to your right, you eventually get to Muddiford Quay. And from that quay, you can take a private jetty which you pay, I can't remember what it is, like a pound or two pounds, to go over to an area, a lovely area called Hengesbury Head. Yes, you've talked and about And Hengesbury Head is where there are beach huts on Muddiford Beach, but, that, but, but the, the posh types who want their beach huts to be on this remote little island, which is absolutely beautiful. It's got a little train that runs through it, you know, hills, foliage, cliffs. It's brilliant. Jesus. They have their own beach huts that line the beach there, which are much more expensive. And they have their own toilets there and showers and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Are you with me so far? I am. Although someone's just... Some, I, I'm sorry. Someone's just piqued my attention. There's a little car over there, isn't there? Yeah, there Where's is. Where's my bag? I've got some for you. And I almost forgot. 
Sorry, listeners. Rob, I'm this gonna, isn't I'm, relevant. I, no, uh, yeah, but and Rob, I'm, can I just say it's not appropriate for you to be carrying around that little child's bag now you're wearing a suit. Do you want this? Yes. Okay, there you go then. Where did you find it? It's, by the way, Rob is giving me a miniature. Um, do you know what that is? It's, it's a Republic a, gunship. Yeah, from the. It's the micro machines. Yeah, why did somebody give this to you? And I got it free. I can't remember where I got it though. And uh, it's been sitting around my my my, uh, my flat. And I thought I'm going to give that to Alex. Cheers, buddy. Sorry, listeners, I do apologise. Just a bit of off-air admin. Well, it's not off-air, is it? No. Well, you know, enjoy. Anyway, back to the story. Lovely. No, cheers for that. I really appreciate it. Anger has erupted over a prison-style gate installed at the ferry jetty at Mudford Sandbank. Amazing. Owners of some of the most expensive beach huts in Britain have called for the gate to be removed and complained to Christchurch Council over the stainless steel structure. Comments on social media have dubbed the row Jerry Gate, with many describing the measure as ridiculous. But the council say the gate has been installed for safety reasons due to dangerous use of the jetty by other boat users. The jetty is a private facility for use by Mudderford Ferry, which runs between Mudderford Quay and the Sandbank, which is Hendersbury Head. Okay. Sally Longman, who has a beach hut at the Spit for 30 years, it's called the Spit as well, described the structure as a prison star gate. She said there's absolutely no consultation with hut owners. Many of us emailed the council back in the autumn with strong concerns, but to no avail. People are very, very angry, and that's an understatement. We don't know how buggies and wheelchairs are going to use it. It doesn't look wide enough. We want it removed. It's unnecessary and complete overkill. I can't remember there ever having been an accident in the past 50 years on that jetty. It's health and safety gone mad. Would you like to see a picture, Rob, of these prison-style conditions these people are having to live in? Look! Describe for the listener. It's just a metal mesh gate that blocks the jetty. I can't help getting past the um, the feeling, or at least the phrase that comes to mind is first world problems. Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting <laughs> you say that, Bob, because you're right on the money with another with another uh, commenter. In fact, let me read you the comments. Let me get straight onto them because they're good. Uh, deleting robots says um, good name. Yeah, yeah. It says uh, it's not finished yet. It's going to have cores of barbed wire around it. Boarding Christchurch <laughs> says hopefully a machine gun turret. <laughs> which I enjoyed. And Bonky Dollock says, first world problem? Listen to the whinging from morons who have paid a vastly inflated sum of money for a garden shed on the beach, probably at a price that would buy a small house for some. Meanwhile, Europe has a vast refugee homeless problem. Millions cannot afford even to buy a small house in the UK having been priced out of the market by buy-to-let landlords. And these people are whinging about a gate. Welcome to the me, me, me society that is the UK. There were many comments on that story, Rob. That was as many as I was Can prepared I just, to read. Uh, just uh, possibly an episode title? Welcome to the Me, Me, Me Society that is the UK. <laughs> it's good, but I've got a better one okay. for later. Fair uh, and last story, Rob, uh, it's actually quite brief. It's brilliant. It's by Rebecca Flood. We don't know if she does. Mm. The 4th of February. By the way, every time I say Rebecca Flood, I don't know if she does, I'm aware that it is slightly sexist. Uh, but it is uh, ironically so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things we say that the community can be no, sexist and misogynist. And... That you say. Well, I mean, I'm not the one who refers to the Gloucester sisters in a, in a, in a, in a, a phone. What's that got to do with... Well, that's not sexist. No, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that there are certain connotations that could be applied to it. I'm having a pop at the Nazis. Yeah, I think... Well, you I got a problem that. with that? <laughs> Maybe the fascists do. Right. A woman dialed 999 after witnessing a man masturbating in Plumstead Common off Lake Dale Road. <laughs> By the way, she still hasn't learned to write headlines because she still tells you everything in the headline. <laughs> yeah. She's the one we love her for. Yeah. A horrified resident dialed 999 when she witnessed a man masturbating in Plumstead Common. The 29-year-old, who cannot be named for legal reasons, don't know what that's about, was walking down the stairs of the Common from Lakedale Road at around 3.15pm yesterday afternoon, February 3rd. She was on her way to pick up her daughter from school when she unwittingly stumbled across the lewd act and is now issuing a warning to others to be vigilant. 
The King's Highway resident told the new shopper, I walk down the stairs, it's a shortcut instead of going around the outside. When I walk down the stairs, on the right-hand side, there's houses. I saw a cat. I looked on the left. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's that's literally not relevant. On the right hand, she saw houses and I saw a cat. I think it's that cat that, that that got whisked away on the roof of the car last week. Could be, could be. I looked on the left and he was there. It was fully out. I've never seen that before in my life. Never seen that before. Oh, she's got a lot to come into her. <laughs> had his oh. like that. <laughs> had his phone in his hand while he was doing it. An iPhone. He had his trousers on, but the zip undone. He just didn't even look at me or anything. He was just continuing. The Metropolitan Police confirmed they were called to the park at three twenty p.m. following reports of a man performing a sex act, sex act in a bush. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not going to try and defend this man, but at least he wasn't doing it in 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 relation to anyone around in his proximity. You know, there's nothing. He it wasn't aimed at anyone. He was in a bush. You know, he's looking When's the last time you performed a sex act in a bush? I mean, it's been a while. Doesn't matter. The eyewitness continued. I shouted at him. Oh, I see, right. <laughs> the eyewitness continued. I shouted at him. He didn't even say anything. He just continued to do what he was doing. I just started shouting and swearing. I said, what are you doing? What the fuck? He didn't look at me. He was just looking at his penis. He's really in love with that boy, isn't he? <laughs> I don't understand that. Why, why, if you can tell what he's doing, why do you yell, what are you doing? The better question would be is, why are you masturbating? Yeah, I, would have, common? I would have appreciated him just saying, I'm masturbating, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, please stop looking at me. She immediately dialed 999 and says, as she turned to read the road sign to relate to the police, the man disappeared. The mum of two continued, then I called the police. Even when I was talking to them, he was still doing it. I gave them the details, I gave a description of him. He could have gone anywhere. It's scary. She described the man of Arabic appearance, in his 20s, and wearing blue jeans, a black hoodie, jeans and a blue cap. Near all girls school, Plumstead Manor, in Old Mill Road, she worries about youngsters coming across the obscene act. She added, yeah, poor choice of words. she added, I think my kids weren't, God, my kids weren't with me. I'm disgusted. When I was walking down, a lady was walking down there and she had kids. Everyone walks down those stairs. It's a shortcut. People just need to be careful. The kids should walk in pairs, etc. Uh, she also said, it's scary. I've got kids myself, a four-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. I used to play in those woods when I was a kid. I used to pick berries there. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Um, Rob, there are some amazing comments on this. Oh, God, I bet there are. Some of the best we've had in a while, I believe. Anthony197-11234 says, If this scum is arrested and taken to court, he'll get a £1 fine and a load of court costs waste on and, and a load of court costs waste of time. The courts don't care that he could go on to be a rapist or nonce. The fact is the same place <laughs> Napa tracked victims over a long period of time will be lost on the courts. Again, the graduation theory there very articulately explains. He starts masturbating a bush and he'll go on to be a rapist and a nonce. <laughs> I mean, the, the, what I love is that that comment started vaguely, you know. Um, I mean, there, there was some rationale there, yeah. and then it just said it's anarchy. Legally Blonde 74 says, You've never seen it before, yet you have children. Because she said, Never seen it before in my life. Immaculate Conception, perhaps? <laughs> that was my point, yeah. Jippo Joe says, It's his and he can wash it as fast as he likes. Okay. <laughs> Nice. Always trust Jippo Joe to give us a good comment. Yeah. Flower Girl 76 said, How on earth were our children conceived if she has never seen that before? Ha 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 ha. Nice. Romney 77 says, No, I don't understand that. Wispy Wonder says, Sounds like a load of old cock and ball who gives a toss. Get it? Yeah. Tudor Rose says, Obviously she does, lol. Had to howl with laughter at this story. Okay, so it's wrong for that sort of thing to carry on in public. Well, let's face it, it ain't the pleasant of sights, of sights to behold, is it? But how brazen was this bloke? Still carried on even though she swore at him. Obviously, John. Obviously, jolly foreigner must be new to the country and not used Jesus to our Christ. cultural 
not used to our cultural ways yet. Somebody better spend millions of taxpayers' money educating him and his like. Can I just say to Tudor Rose that I can't think of a single culture on earth where it's appropriate to masturbate in public, especially Arabic cultures. Just, yes, just to point that out. There's more like you might get your penis chopped off. Well, then you're just going down his rude road. <laughs> Jippo Joe says, shame they, uh, he, he responds to this commenter for us. He says, shame they wasted money trying to educate you, sonny boy, when you were no doubt proud to call yourself English indigenous, but still don't know the difference between the word use and used. Oh, my indigenous sides, what an illiterate idiot you are. I like Jippo Joe for pulling him up. Yeah. Best Baz says, I wonder how many men would complain to the police if they saw a woman masturbating in Plumstead Common? Just a thought. Interesting philosophical question, Rob. Mm, do, you want, do you want to run with that? I just, uh, sorry, I was just getting the image out of my head. And Romley77 says, last comment, as Diane Warwick saying, walk on by, what a waste of police time. My sympathies lie with the cat who apparently needed counselling. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Rob. You've got a story for us? Because that's what you're called now, Mr. Rob. Mr. I, I don't, I'm not sure about all that. Because of your suit. I think you could be Mr. Davis, but that, that <laughs> I mean, the fact... I Sorry, I'm playing with the Star Wars toy. Obviously. Also, why is there a toy, a toy car on your table? Is that any of your business? No, possibly not. Can I just read you a quick headline? I'm not going to read the story, but it just made me chuckle this morning when I was, when I was reading some, uh, some stories online. It's from the uh, the Gloucester Citizen. It's just a headline, not doing the story. The Citizen? Shoppers warned over Mango Chutney. Why, why are you that, reading that story? Just that, nothing else. You don't want to. Doesn't but I want to know, I must know. There, there was something about there's, there's some dodgy allergens and some Mango Chutney. I just, I just enjoyed that. <laughs> it's, I like the phrase Mango Chutney. And yeah, there is something, why. yeah. Anyway. Rob, can I just say something? I've realised that... I don't know why that's on. It shouldn't be on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, because it's making noise. It should be okay. It's meant to be soundproof, Rob. <laughs> yeah, anyway, what were you saying? Uh, okay. Yeah, mango chutney. Yeah, it's just an interesting word. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, look, apart from the Lister story, all my stories are from the Gloucester Citizen because... The Citizen? See what I mean? Anyway, this is... Uh, there's no journalist listed. The first one... Is that because you're going to be bothered to look at one paper? Uh, no, no, because right, the Gloucester cause... Citizen can always be relied upon for just, just bizarre stories. Hang them by their privates! Vandals condemn... Uh, sorry. Again. Hangle, uh, hang them by their privates. Vandals condemned for destruction at Lindney Outdoor Pool. Right. Yeah. What do they do? <laughs> A lot. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, vandalism at Lindney's Tropical Oasis has left the town meeting... has left the town reeling. Bath of Pool was struck by vandals over the weekend following a trail of, of destruction. The sheer scales left trustees speechless and there is outrage on Facebook with one town, uh, town steward who doesn't want to be named suggesting the perpetrators be hung up by their privates. The damage was discovered on Sunday morning and by the afternoon the devoted group of trustees who run the poor were trying to clear it up. Um, Councillor Bob Berryman, Mayor of, Lid- uh, of Lydney, is a Bob long- Berryman? Bob, <laughs> Bob Berryman, yes. It's ridiculous. <sighs> the alliteration. Uh, Mayor of Lydney is a long-time trustee at the pool. He is staggered at the disregard of the vandals. He said, I hardly know what to say. Barthurst Pool is a town asset which is a source of such pride for our town. So what is this? What is it? It's an outdoor pool. An outdoor pool? Yeah. Right. The, uh, what did the vandals do? The tropical rest. How much can you vandalise a pool? Do they just chuck shit in it or something? <laughs> right, here we'll get on to this. Um, oh, no. Right. Use nappies, things like that. So here we go. Are you ready for this? So let's just finish that quote. Can I but, guess what they did? Uh... I, you, let, me I try, don't, let me try. There's a lot in the pool. Yeah, I want to try and guess a few things. Okay, go on. You can try and guess. They pissed in it. Uh, there's no indication of that, no. 
Really? If you can vandalise the pool, there's no piss indication there. there's urine in the pool. Feces. Uh, no, again, there's no. There's Normally, no. where there's feces, there's piss as well. So think of things that might be around the pool. Okay, if the condoms are out, then are they? Yeah. So, then you tell me then. Go on. Okay, right. So he says. They disconnected the cover, smashed tables and chairs and chucked them in the pool. <laughs> Anything floating we've managed to get out, but some of the heavier things we're not able to get to. They ripped down the guttering, that's all gone to the pool. Aww. They broke their way into locked change rooms, smashed a pile of tiles, they also chuck- which they also chucked in, and of course, they've sunk to the bottom. There are trolleys in there and scaffolding pipes, <laughs> even the picket fence has been smashed up and entered the pool. Oh, the picket fence! <laughs> we put the cover back on for now can to I, protect the I, water. Can I just say something? Yeah. There was a rather large storm recently. Is it? Is is? Could this possibly no, be literally no way that's happened? Why? But it. Why? I'll show you the pictures. Um, we've had to put the cover on. Uh, sorry, we put the cover back on to protect the water. Uh, hey, I don't know why. Uh, but protect we said to the, protect the water. Right. Yeah, from the rain. Bob Berryman is insane. <laughs> yeah. um, we still have to remove some of the ice into the bottom of the pool. It's sheer, it's sheer mindlessness, mindlessness uh, that is shocking. I've been amazed by the response from Facebook. The, the officers' support have been truly phenomenal. Um, of great concern is the, is the damage to the pool's liner. Until someone can go and retrieve the heavier items of the pool, it is unclear whether it's, it's been ripped out or not. Bob Berryman said, just to refill the pool cost £3,000. Mm-hmm. 12 years ago, we had a new liner for the pool. It cost £36,000. We're just hoping there is no damage. Um, Councillor Andon Alan Priest described the vandalism as sickening. He said, Bob showed us some of the pictures of the, at the town council meeting on Monday. I would urge someone, anyone who has, seen, uh, who has seen anything to get in touch with the police. Are we sure this wasn't a piece of performance art? It certainly could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Actually, yeah. I mean, it does look like the cover of well, uh, you've got Oasis to let me see Be Here his, Now. You've got to let me see the pictures. Right, there we go. So, Are you claiming that Be Here Now is performance art? No, no not at all. I'm just saying there's a lot of shit in the pool. A lot of shit on that album as well. There's <laughs> oh, some decent tracks. Dear, yeah, I said some. Yeah. Oh, dear God. I don't know where to begin. It's a quite a large outdoor pool. Yeah. You know, like a kind of library. Yeah, it's, it's the pride of Lydney. And um, it is just, I mean, just imagine, listeners, picnic tables floating in the water. Um, I, I'm just well, it looks like a football net also. Bins, <laughs> chairs. Oh, Rob, that picture of the picnic table is somehow right side up <laughs> on the table. And then one upside down. What looks like a football net. Um if you can imagine with listeners, one of the listeners, it looks like one of the, pit, the picnic tables has been, has been picked up and just literally placed in the pool. But it doesn't look, it doesn't look insurmountable to me. You've just got to get somebody to fish it. I mean, but how, how would you fish a, a picnic table out of a pool? Because it might be weightless when you're in there, but not when you try and lift it out. Yeah, also, I don't, I don't, I mean, they said that the heavy items are going to take a bit of time to get out, but surely... Are they just saying they can't find volunteers to get in the pool and just retrieve these items? They're not easy to retrieve. How the hell do you lift a picnic table out and that's in the middle of the... Can I just say that the only thing which made this... To me, I feel they missed a trick here. The icing on the cake would have been to have killed a few ducks and lobbed them in here. <laughs> or is that just my sick mind? Yeah, that might just be you. Right. Okay, Rob, listen. It's time for our general anaesthetic segment which okay. is where i can cover a national news story now you know rob that most weeks that national news story is something quite somber and political in theme okay and often reasonably lengthy yeah not this week this is going to take us all of two minutes really yeah 
uh, because I just want to... I, I couldn't face it this week, Rob, because I'm very depressed with the political landscape. So I just wanted to read what is a funny story that I found uh, about, because it's an international story. And I've got to read it. Lovely. I've got to read it. Um, sorry, I should say there are two. It's two. This, okay. is, my, this is my last segment of the week. Both, both international... Both national newspapers are both featuring animals. We're going to start off with the first. It's from uh, the Associated Press, Wednesday, 10th of February. Man charged with using alligator as dangerous weapon at Wendy's drive-thru. Yes, I saw this. Yeah, brilliant. Right. Uh, you didn't pick it up for the podcast? Uh, well, I thought you, you know, you, you'd do your duty and pick it up for me. Alligators have been used as shoes, briefcases, university mascots, lunch, and now, universities say, a deadly weapon. Joshua James, 24, was arrested Monday and charged with assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill, without intent to kill, after Florida Fish and Wildlife conservation officials say he threw a three-foot, six-inch long, 1.1-metre alligator through the window of a drive-thru, Wendy's, in Palm Beach County in October. (laughs) He was also charged with illegally possessing an alligator, which is probably the key bit, and petty theft. Jail record shows released on £6,000 bail on Tuesday. He was ordered to have no contact with animals. (laughs) Wildlife officer Nicholas Gurin said in his report that James drove his pickup truck to the window at about 1.20am on 11th of October at Wendy's. After an employee handed James his drink, he threw the alligator through the window and drove off. No one was hurt. Gurin captured the alligator and released it into the wild. So that's some tough cookie working at Wendy's. Yeah, it really Gur- is. Gurin said James was tracked down through a video surveillance, through video surveillance and purchase at a nearby convenience store. Gurin wrote that James admitted throwing the alligator in a December interview. He said James told him he had found the alligator on the side of the road and put it in his truck. Did he say why he threw it through the window? We know nothing more than that. Okay, Rob. good. We know nothing more than that. But now on to the, uh, the main story here, which I really hope you haven't heard about. Mail, Daily Mail. It was covered by other things, but I trusted the mail to take a, um, a, you know, a more outlandish version of the story, hopefully. Of course. Uh, 3rd of February, it's by Pecky Pemberton. Pecky Pemberton? Becky Pemberton. Oh, Becky. (laughs) The turkey who can fly once he's got past the TSA. Emotional support bird spotted going through airport security checks. Please tell me you haven't heard about this story. No. Brilliant. Now... Okay, Rob. You have emotional a support bird? I want, yeah, it, and it's technically he's called an emotional support turkey, which I want to be for our episode title. <laughs> emotional support turkey. Okay, yeah, I think that Isn't can, that just a brilliant collection that. of words? Emotional support turkey. I mean, there's, there's some words that should never be in a sentence. A passenger in an airport in the United States was baffled to spot a turkey waddling through airport security last week. The feathered beast was captured on camera at San Francisco airport waiting patiently for its owner, who looks like she was collecting her belongings from a tray. The astonishing image was uploaded to Facebook with an enlightening backstory to the seemingly bizarre event. I will show you pictures. Okay. KTVU journalist Frank Somerville, who took the image, don't know what KTVU is, wrote on the post, this is one of the most unusual things I've ever seen. He explained that the winged jet setter was a comfort animal for a woman who'd lost her husband. The turkey accompanies her wherever she goes, and she even sleeps with it at night. The journalist explained that you can bring a comfort animal on board a plane as long as you have the proper do- as long as you have the proper documentation from a mental health professional. Let me finish, then you can talk. There are rules, though. He wrote, "What once on board, the animal can't walk through the cabin. It also can't block the aisles or take up seats near emergency exits." Now, let's go back because there's more to the story. So, the turkey is a comfort animal for a woman who accompanies her wherever she goes and even sleeps with it at night. And she has this comfort animal because she lost her husband. Thoughts, Rob? Well, there's the obvious thought. Uh, 
I mean, how intimate is she with this turkey? Oh. And secondly, I mean, so so in some way, the, the, this turkey provides her. I bet with, he gives her a right good stuffing. Get it? Uh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that makes me feel slightly sick. Um, so, what when she's having you know, when she's feeling low, she turns to support from a turkey. <laughs> She's lost her husband, Rob. Is no, her Rob, life that... that Rob, she's lost her husband and she has found that an adequate substitute for her dead husband is a turkey who she sleeps with in her bed every night and he is allowed, because of the psychological function he shows, to get a free flight on a plane. Rob, did I, did I tell you as well, he has a seat. How, Rob, Rob, uh, Rob, he has a seat on the plane. Alex, how emotionally disconnected was her husband for this marriage that the only <laughs> solace you could find similar to him was a turkey? The journalist concluded that if anyone finds themselves next to a turkey on the next flight, they definitely would make a good story to tell friends. Amazingly, this is not the first time a Does mile... Does turkey get a meal on the flight? We don't know. Amazingly, this is not the first time a mile-high emotional support turkey... Oh, that's a better episode. A mile-high emotional support turkey has been captured... Uh, sorry, can I just say that's possibly one of the greatest episode types we've ever had. Yeah, has been captured accompanying an airline passenger. Only a few weeks ago, a yellow-beaked bird called Easter was photographed on a Delta Airlines flight, aiding Jodie Smalley from Seattle in Washington on her journey from two-hour flight for a two-hour flight from Salt Lake City to Ute in Utah. After the plane landed, the flyer was pictured lovingly pushing Easter through the airport in a wheelchair. The pair were travelling to meet Smalley's family for Christmas, where the turkey was treated as a guest and not a meal. It is unconfirmed whether or not this is the same jet-setting ther- pet therapy pet as one in the security checking area. Jet setting therapy pet is good as well. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm Rob, just here is my the turkey in the reality. airport waiting for the owner. Describe. It's a turkey in an airport, Alex. <laughs> okay, describe the next picture. It's a turkey on a flight. Obviously. I mean, literally, she's got her arm around it, Alex. <laughs> what is the matter with humanity? Describe for the listener. The turkey in a wheelchair. She pushes the turkey around in a wheelchair. Why can't a turkey walk? Why can't she put a lead on it? She's infantilising that turkey, isn't she, Rob? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Many animals besides turkeys have been spotted on planes, including... Let's see if you can guess. Go. Go, Rob, go! Alligator. Well, dogs, obviously. Dogs, yes. Uh, Cats, probably. Yes. Um, Gerbils? No. Guinea pigs? No. Hedgehogs? No, they're not the ones that I've got here. Fox? No. Go Uh, bigger. Bigger? Really? Yeah. Badger? No, go bigger. Uh, How how big? Are we still on four legs? Horse? Small horses... And in pigs. <laughs> Last month, Mel and I reported on Megan Peabody body, and Hamlet, the high-flying hog who jets around the world with his owner as a comfort animal. So she has a pig for a comfort animal. In December, however, it emerged that some plane passengers are still li- are lying about illnesses and disabilities so they can take their pets on board. Because isn't this a very obvious route for a terrorist to take? Yeah. I've got this giraffe as my comfort animal and he's filled with explosives, Rob. <laughs> In the US, under the Terms of Air Carrier Access Act, people are permitted to take animals on board a flight at no extra cost, but only if they can't function without the support of the animal. How do you prove that? that? Yeah, I can't function without this turkey. I literally cannot function. Yeah, this is the Miss Peabody with her pig. And can I just say, I don't know about you, Rob, but would you happily be her comfort animal? (laughs) Fucking hell! Lucky bastard. Yeah, I think uh, that's it's quite an attractive young lady. But to be it. fair, Alex, let's let's keep this in, in, in perspective. The pig is also good looking. That's true. <laughs> Comments, just a few, uh, two. Uh, oh my God, says my emotional support turkey always comes cooked. 
Alleycat2441 says, I'd rather sit next to a pig, turkey, chicken, dog, cat, ferret, horse, than some kid under the age of 12 on the plane flight. Good point. I know. Well made. Mm. Okay, Rob. I'm sorry for any of you hoping to get your political fix. I will be back. I've had a bit of a tough week and um, hopefully I'll be back with more politics next week. Lovely. In the meantime, I'm going to do one of my stories, uh, which I said is another story from the, the Gloucester Citizen. Uh, still no journalist listed because apparently the citizen. they don't value the Can I ask journalists. you, are you rolling down your cuffs because you are cold? Uh, no, I just thought I'd do it now because then I can make a quick, a quick exit before hopefully having to say goodbye to the episode. Oh. Um, anyway, so yeah, the headline. Abbeydale couple left angry after snail is found in Sainsbury's broccoli. <laughs> Uh, snail left angry yeah angry furious was it dead or alive it was alive I'm glad it it survived Um, there you go broccoli has left a couple from Abbeydale angry do you know what what makes me laugh that story it's that it's broccoli there's something amusing about that yeah also the uh, like the mango chutney thing yeah 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 yeah. if it had been a bag of salad funny great carrot alright Potatoes, but it's something about broccoli there. It's because it's, it's, it's a slightly unusual, not, yeah, not yeah. hugely so, just slightly. But the word unusual. is unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. well, sounds unusual. So yeah, uh, broccoli has left a couple from Abbeydale angry after they found a small, a small snail on the vegetable after purchase, purchase, purchasing it sorry, from a Rob, major supermarket. I'm sorry, Rob, I've got to say this. You know how fastidious I am about language. Yes. That is a very, very badly phrased sentence. Can I say why? They said broccoli has left a couple angry after they found the snail on it. It's not the broccoli that made them angry. That's a very good point. It's the snail, it's snail. on the broccoli that made them angry. These are meant to be journalists. Maybe he was trying to buy a snail and find some broccoli on it. <laughs> Sorry. That's a really good point, Robin, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Touche is all I will say. Thank you. Uh, the vegetable bought from Sainsbury's and Barwood was vacuum-packed and within, um, and within the packaging was a snail. Since Jason Parsons has been in Sainsbury's about the incident... He's not received a reply. Mr. Parsons... That's surprising. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Sainsbury's. Normally pretty good. You know, they're the ones who give you China cups in the cafes, unlike Waitrose, who do it with paper cups, as we discovered last week. Very good Horrendous point. story. That was, Rob. Horrendous. I still lose sleep about it, to be honest. Mm. Mr. Parsons... I'm, I'm not even sleeping. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Parsons 42 brought the broccoli and said, I just stoked in the basket, took it home, and started peeling the rest of the vegetables. It was my partner, Cathy, that noticed it. She shouted, to, uh, she shouted through to me and said, Oh, no, it's not one of these. You must it. be joking. How do we know the snail didn't get on there in we between? Don't know that and how do we know she didn't put it there because she's an attention seeking witch? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, a tad unfair, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but, a, a jumping to conclusions. That's maybe, why I shouldn't maybe be a judge. Maybe this change your mind. When we checked our packaging, it appeared that Kath was right and the snail had, in fact, found its way into the packaging. How do they know that? Uh, well, apparently, they checked the packaging and it was there. I was totally shocked, said Mr. Parsons, who is self-employed and maintains properties you for letting could, agents. You, you could, you could, uh, fascinating information. <laughs> you could buy a pack of broccoli, stick a snail on it, to try and get in the newspaper. Also, if you, if you found a snail... There's no doubt they're asking for something like 10, 20, 50 pound compensation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go on. If I found a snail on some if broccoli... You, I mean, that, at least I'd that take implies the, it's fresh. Yeah, but I'd take the snail off and I would be annoyed and I'd, I may mention it or may not, but I'd wash the broccoli thoroughly and eat it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the broccoli was purchased and on Thursday. And eat the as well. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like a free gift. Uh, on Thursday, February 8th, uh, February 4th, from the store on Barnet Way. Doesn't matter. It isn't the first time that creatures have found their way into Mrs. Parsons' groceries. Uh, 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 is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know. Think about that. Another, <laughs> lots of creatures find their way into your grocery store. Well, look, store. I mean, this this may also be a euphemism. That's sexist, probably. Two weeks ago, we found a slug in it. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go on, what way? <laughs> Sorry. Found two, a slug in the bush. Two, two weeks ago, we found we found a slug in amongst his lettuce. Did you now? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know, maybe Mister whatever he's called getting a bit frisky. No, no, this was him. He found a slug in his lettuce. In his lettuce. Oh, yeah. right. Sorry, what, sorry, no, no, it's cauliflower. Do apologise. So he found a he found a slug in his cauliflower. Well, that is a euphemism. <laughs> he found a slug in his cauliflower. Did he? Apparently so. He goes on to say. It was only a small Was slug. he tossing the salad when it was happening? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to God. ask. I had to ask. Well, again, he goes on to say... This is brilliant! <laughs> it, was only, I, it was only a small slug, but... Right. Uh, but I didn't want it in my cauliflower, nevertheless. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't need to be there, so... Um, By the way, everybody, yeah, it doesn't matter. There shouldn't be any, any animals inside my food when I pay for it. That's a minimum expectation. Uh, well, apart from if I buy a chicken, I want there to be a chicken in yeah, the Yeah, at least some chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at, least, at least some chicken. Yeah. Um, Mr. Parsons not, does not believe the supermarket chain is doing their job properly. I He's, think he should be called Mr. Parsnips because of all these vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just random. He doesn't believe they're doing their job properly. Right? No. He said, uh, they clearly aren't taking enough care. They're just packing it and sending it out. Oh, for fuck's sake. Do you know how much these people get paid, you ass? What did you say he did? Property. Uh, yeah, he he manages properties for estate agents, apparently. So he's a bastard then. No, possibly. Uh, if anybody, uh, yeah, I should. Uh, yeah, if I do ever happen to be looking for a property and you happen to be a letting agent, I didn't mean that. Mm. Uh, I, put my, I put my faith in. Uh, sorry, I put my trust in them, and they Did gave you? me poor yeah, that service. Was, that was poor. That was a mistake, then, wasn't it? Yeah. I know some people like to eat snails, but that's not my bag. Uh, he's always used the supermarket. Says he's now thinking about taking his customer elsewhere. Uh, I've always used things, but I don't think I'll use them again. I'll go. I'll go somewhere else. We just said that. It's all a bit of an overreaction, mate. For fuck's sake, it's a. It's a. Did you, oh, but oh, they've had a slug in their let, in their cauliflower as well. Can I say what kind of bad luck is this? I find this. Rob, is this targeted? Is do the people in the Sainsbury's not like this man? <laughs> they have found a snail in their broccoli, and a slug in their cauliflower. Are they the same couple? You say that, but he does sound like it's a euphemism. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you not think that's pretty bad luck? Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I'm saying it's a bit unusual. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe he's being targeted. Why would he be targeted? I reckon... reckon Because he's a bastard. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was a bad property And I said his wife is an attention-seeking witch, so they hate them. (laughs) Amazingly, for the uh, Gloucester, this actually generated quite a lot of comments. And here are some. Uh, A. Cole 2016 says this is hilarious what a bunch of idiots shame he didn't eat the snail and choke Mr. Parson needs to get a life <laughs> Mr. Parson needs to get a life and stop stealing food from shop bins <laughs> well I didn't know the people of Gloucester had so much humour Dexter123 says the snail must have looked up and thought good god Princess Fiona and Shrek are about to eat me what um, now, does, he, does he look like Shrek is there a picture of his wife on here I don't think there is oh, unless it hasn't carried through there's a, bit, there's a picture of him um, he doesn't look like someone who would be managing properties, personally. He does look... He looks like Shrek, everybody. He, he, did, he looks like the kind of things that he would be selling uh, knock-off perfume out of the back of transits. <laughs> <laughs> knock-off okay perfumes out of the back of transits is a good episode. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, save my snail. Oh, sorry. Save Mr. Snail. Yeah. Right. So, uh, skin to rough springs to mind in relation to the picture. Why would anyone take this, this rubbish to the press unless they're desperate to uh, desperate for a few quid more nectar points? <laughs> Poor snail looking up at his ugly mug. I mean, uh, 
it's, it's fair to say that um, a lot of the comments on here, I mean, a lot of them are by, there's kind of a back and forth between Dexter and Save Mr. Snail. Right. So what I like is that is the fact that someone has really gone to the effort and set up their own um, account. account called Save Mr. Snail. Yeah. Unless it's a coincidence, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you reckon he's just been waiting for the story to come along? <laughs> yeah. For 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, everybody. It's time for our listener story of the week. But before we get to that, anybody who's been listening to the last few episodes knows that Rob and I have stumbled via Kyber, who stopped sending us the updates, by the way, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. Thanks, Kyber. Thanks a fucking bunch about this feature from the Derby Telegraph, Rob, which is called Cheapest Chips. And this feature involves a man who is not a journalist, but is a photographer who sits in a van outside chip shops in Derby testing their chips. And his videos last for about a minute and a half. And they are really quite extraordinary. Um, so far, they've all been very, very similar, Rob. But I'm aching to know what you found this week. Because last week, we had a five out of five for some chips, didn't we? That's right, yeah. It's going to make me very hungry again. Here we go. I love this Welcome, feature so Welcome, chip much. fans, to the latest edition of Cheapest Chips Derby. Smart today. Where it I is, investigate yeah. the best and worst chips in your area. It's not our area, mate. Thanks to your recommendations today... I'm popping in to sample the delights of the Kettleston... Rob, it just reminds me so much of Marin and Jeff. The camera angle, everything. Yep. Two minutes from purchase. (laughs) Let's find out how hot these Bobby Dazzlers are. (laughs) I think this man's on the verge of nerds breakdown. (laughs) Is he getting faster? That's an outstanding 80 degrees. 80 degrees? That's the hottest so far, Al. So today's regular (laughs) portion of chips costs (laughs) £1.80. He's got them on the scale. I've popped them onto the chip scales... Let's have a look what you get for your money. Just imagine if you walk past his van when he's doing <laughs> this. <laughs> really disappointing. 250 grams. That's oh. That's awful. So we know that. <laughs> they, don't look, they don't look that, that great to me. No, they don't. They look a bit hard. Oh, no, no. It's a good crunch. It's not a bad chip. They're quite a pale chip. I prefer them cooked a little bit longer. But it's pretty tasty. I think he's going to give this... 3.5. Well, the unusual thing about the Kettleston Redfish Bar... I'm going to have three. ...is they also do a tasty-looking range of cakes. Hey. <laughs> that was irrelevant! The customer service was okay, <laughs> but it wasn't overly friendly. Well, it won't be For now. For reason of portion size, I'm going to give these chips three out of five. Whoa, Whoa, who caught it? <laughs> but oh, Rob, disappointing. What I love about that is that Bear in mind, they said the cus- he said the customer service wasn't that friendly. That means that he has no notoriety in the area at all, even though he's doing this this feature, right? Because they don't know yet. That's the guy who does the fish reviews. Got to be nice to him, chip reviews. So he, he hasn't even... Nobody knows about this. You'd think by now all the chip shops would know this guy's going to come around. We've got to give him a fat, big portion of chips. We've got to make him so hot it'll burn his tongue off. They've got to be perfectly cooked, and then we get this review. Instead, they're like, here you go, mate. Here's your chips. Alex, I think you're 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 drastically overrating this feature. I think they know exactly who it is. Like, oh, they don't give a shit. Oh, it's just wanker again. <laughs> Which one this time? Rob, Rob, the best part of that, I don't know if you noticed, extraordinary production there, was where he just said, they also do a fantastic range of cakes. And then he left it. And because you were laughing, you didn't see, the video cut. He obviously had to edit something out and it just cut <laughs> to him talking again. But they do a fan- he just left that hanging in the air. Why does a fish bar do cakes? <laughs> I don't know, but maybe you should review the cakes. Mm, maybe. Now, I promised you a story before we started recording. You did. That uh, you would not have covered in any of your stories today. Can I just say something, Rob, before you continue? Because what people need to know is that 
I'm finding this quite difficult, Rob, to this week, and I've got my emotional support turkey with me. So it's just going to... Well, a few of them, actually. Oh, Jesus. Where did you get it from? Huh? Where did you get it from? The butchers. I just asked them not to kill it. Right, okay. How is it... No, actually, I don't, I don't even want to know. Look, it's plucked. It's plucked. They were going to get it. I mean, for, for, for a bit unusual. Yeah, it looks like it. it literally looks like you're you're. It's been waxed. holding a dead. Well, it's not dead, obviously, but a chicken that's about to be cooked. It's a turkey, not a chicken. It looks the fucking same, apart from the weird bit around its face, which looks like a deflated ball bag. Um, I'm just looking forward to you leaving, so me and this turkey can do what me and my turkey do. That's what I'm afraid of. Yes, for for, for, for support. Right. Anyway, look. Listen, story. This has come in. From Jack. But it's not the Todmorden news. These, are these sound effects awful or is it just me? It's very off-putting. Sounds like a child. Rob, what child sounds like this? A distressed one. <laughs> anyway, look. Ow. This story comes from the Orient. Hey, Leighton. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, so we know that Jack is on his tour of the Orient... Oh, his Bangkok Ladyboy tour. Yeah, but he's moved on to... Uh, he's in Japan. Ah! So this is a story from the, the Japan Times. So can I just check, is Jack Tomlin writing a book about prostitution in the Far East? Alex, we don't know this. Oh, right. We can't even speculate on that. There's I a possibility. That, sorry, I'm just checking. Are you saying he's not on a sex trip? I thought that had been confirmed. No, no. <laughs> no. Right. I, I never said that, just, just for legal purposes. Uh, no, he's currently w- living and working in Japan. Is he? Yes. Oh, that sounds amazing. Where do we know where? Uh, I think he's actually in Tokyo. Do we know what he does? Uh, Jack, worker. If you, Jack, if you're listening, could you tell us what you do? Are you like some high flying, falluting banker, or are you literally just, or are you like a, a teacher of English as a foreign language? Yeah, or let's know. We Jack. would really we like, like to know, Jack. We would. And Craig, we'd also like to know if you're you've got a job yet, because I mean, I know Alex was speculating that you're unemployed. So, well, no, I never, I never said that. I said he lives on a caravan on top of a skip. But I think that assumption is it's fair to say that... No, Rob, only in your world. I think Craig wears a suit every day and goes off to run a factory, is what I think he does. (laughs) A sheep-killing factory. (laughs) Meat, an abattoir. Right. I think Craig runs an abattoir in Wales. Is that where he lives, Wales? Yeah. Newport. Craig, I'm sorry. I started this and Alice is taking it on. Right. Jack, Jack, can you tell us what you do for a living unless you don't want to incriminate yourself by giving us any details? Fair, right. Okay, there's no journalist listed, but uh, headline... Tokyo police baffled by theft of hand straps from commuter trains. Brilliant, we've got an international story. Yeah. Right, they're baffled, are they? Why would somebody do that? Anyway, that's the question. <laughs> um, investigators are scratching their heads over the theft of I've, hand... Uh, can I just say, I've velcroed some hand straps onto my turkey. Yes, but that's for a very different reason. Yeah, yeah. It's because it tends to struggle a bit. I mean, literally, it's just, it's just step of the porn you've been watching recently. So. When, when I say Velcro, it's stapled, actually. Right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that wasn't my concern. Anyway, uh, the theft of hundreds of hand straps from the Tokyo commuter trains. Anyone, uh, operators urging anyone who knows what's going on to clue them in. Why would somebody do that? The straps, the straps are difficult to remove and they fetch nothing at resale. No, don't work it, no. And also, how are you doing that without anyone noticing? Yeah, very true. And apparently vandalism, vandalism for its own sake is rare in Japan. You've but, had two stories this week about vandalism. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, coal fit, the culprit is, is prolific. At least 400 straps have been stolen from the trains of major railways in and around Tokyo since November. At what point, Rob? At what point? Is this going to pass, you know, is it going to be 500, is it going to be 600, is this going to pass the threshold and be acknowledged as an act of international terrorism? 
That's a good point. I assume Japan is on its highest state of alert. Uh, from the story, it seems unlikely. Oh, well, they're not taking the national security seriously, then. Right. If we do have any Japanese listeners, I'm going to try and attempt to pronounce some place names. Oh, so oh, um, I'm going to apologise in, in advance. Say again? Then can I try? Yeah, sure. So uh, a wide range of lines have been hit. The latest was the Subu Ikenboro line, where on Saturday evening, a man reported to staff at Seiyamangoka. Let me have a go at one of these. Jesus. Where is it? How can you even read this? Well, so It's tiny. Where, where, where am I looking? Right, it's just... Um, it's where all the words are. <laughs> so yeah, but which bit? A bit. Come here. There. That paragraph there. The latest was Seibu... Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Ikebukuru. It would be like Ikebukuru and Sayamagoka. Oh, very impressive. Sayamagoka, I think. Keep going. In Tokoro... Tokorozawa. Tokorozawa. Yes. Any, anyway, I thought you were doing a fine job. Thanks, Al. Did you realise your new job that is going to involve a lot of pronunciation? Yeah, I was worried about that, yeah. Um, I have no idea what this person is going to... <laughs> I have no idea what this person is going to use them for, but it causes a trouble for passengers, so I hope the person will stop doing this, said a, a Subu Group spokesman. Meanwhile, Toko Corp... Oh, I love it, I love it! <laughs> Toko Corp... Yeah. Reveal that 182 straps are missing from the... Detonashi line, 17 for the the Kyoto line, and two from the Miguru line. That's been neglected a bit, isn't it? Only two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this Jack doing this? Actually, that's a very good is point. Is this his way of trying to... You know, like, people who do bad things in films, the, the bad guy always likes to reveal what he did. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point in doing it? I think this is Jack's way of saying it was him. That's a very good point. It's a way of admitting it without actually having to face the face. I just music. worry what he's using those straps for, but what I love is, that's the thing. I mean, I know maybe it's just just the way I think about things in the world, but I can only think that these traps have been used in some sort of sex, sexual act. No. No, it's just you, yeah. But what I like is, uh, in case you're wondering what they were for, we go into, the, we go into that detail as well. Um, hand straps provided for, for commuters to cling on as they sway impact. I know what a hand strap is. Well, people may not do. Right. They have they have strict strength requirements set by the Japanese Association of Rolling Stock Industries. Oh God! Brilliant. <laughs> we take into account the force applied when a when a passenger pulls or twists the the grab handle during a ride in normal use. Said uh, just a man uh, who who heads the association's engineering division. Um, rail fans do have. I love the idea that they're like Apple. And they are incredibly fastidious and particular about these hand straps. I think they are. They have a whole division. <laughs> just testing, there's men just no, lined up. That's not good enough! I reckon. You, have you been to the Natural History Museum where they have the, uh, the earthquake? Yeah, yeah. You know the shaking floor? Yeah. I imagine they've got like a row of men standing on the shaking floor yeah. holding hand straps to see, yeah. see, test their, their strength. Um, amazingly, there are comments on this story in English. So I'm guessing this must be an English language paper. Right. And there are puns. I'm not sure I'm surprised by this, but I am. Sorry, what paper did you say this was from? The Japanese... Uh, sorry, the Japan Times. Right. It may be a paper for, like, uh, like Japan nationals who live abroad. Yeah, possibly, quite possibly. Um, right, so... Can I say, Rob, that I didn't appreciate your comment before that amazingly there are puns. Are you saying that the Japanese are incapable of punning? Is that what you were suggesting? And on what basis? I always, well, that's the trouble is, I always think that... Sorry, we should explain this since I'm half Japanese, aren't I, Rob? 
I mean, that's news to me. <laughs> I'm not, not really. <laughs> um, I don't know. When I think of the, the humble pun, I also think it's, it's the British creation, which is probably... Yeah, well, that's typical, isn't it? Typical, typical... Johnny Englander. Well, that I phrase, think the that is, phrase Johnny Englander. As yeah. I grow up in the world, um, you know, my mind... Just because you're wearing a suit, don't get all hoity-toity, okay. especially with the Japanese. So, Ketsuru Uo, hope I pronounced that right, says, I hope the police get a quick handle on the situation. Oh, <laughs> Rob, this is amazing. Well, can I just say that um, your pronunciation of Japanese names and places is better than Welsh? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Which is surprising, given your Welsh heritage. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Timu Litsi... Lit- lit- fuck. Now I've jinxed you. Yeah. This comment went really, sorry. This comment went really off the rails from the start. These are brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, G Piper <laughs> doesn't sound that Japanese to me. Uh, just says foreign foreign tourists uh, harvesting mementos. Rob, not only Japanese people read the Japanese Times. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And uh, the last one is uh, Kuzumu Toyama. Oh, good, Rob. Says, uh, with no straps to support themselves, it'd be easier for dirty old salary men to rub themselves up against unbalanced young girls. Yeah, salary men are your typical people who go and work in the city. Oh, is that what it means? Nine to five, yeah. yeah. So, and, and uh, that, by the way, there is a lot of that on the, under, the underground there, rubbing themselves up a lot and going on I mean, girls. Are you all right, Turkey? You okay? It's been Alex, a bit I, quiet. I think it's dead. Yeah, I've resuscitated it. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, especially for the turkey. Can I just say that dirty old salary men... I can do what I need to do whether the turkey's alive or dead, Rob. <laughs> Indeed, that's as everything. Can I just say that dirty old salary men rubbing up, rubbing up against unbalanced young girls is a good episode title? We can't have that. By the way, <laughs> in this country, unbalanced means 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 two things because they mean unbalanced as in there are no as in they, they can't balance. Unbalanced yeah. makes it sounds like they're neurotic. Yeah, or they could be taken advantage of quite easily. <laughs> okay, I think it is time to kill the turkey now. There, drop, wrung its neck. See that's oh, one swift can... snap. Yeah, a bit. Hey, watch it. It's dying throws there. Although you can still have your way with it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I found a snail on it, so I'm, I'm taking it back. Um, on that note, Rob. <laughs> Very strange comment to make, Al. <laughs> yeah, because of the person who found it. No, I, I got the reference, yeah. Why is it strange then? Uh, well, I did. I found a snail on it, so I'm taking it back. It's not the produce I wanted. Okay. I don't want a turkey with a snail on it. I you're want right, a pure right. turkey. Yeah. In but a bikini. Now. It's on that note, it. Rob, we, we, we end this uh, episode, uh, episode 169, Rob, as we uh, look ever more forward. Uh, we look forward with a meagre back, uh, anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 170. As we move ever more forward, like. Uh, like what? Like. We've had so like many good turkey stories. being pushed in a wheelchair. Through an airport to provide comfort for somebody who has lost their partner and yes, this seems yeah. to be an adequate substitute. Just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode 170. And all that remains, Rob... Wait, Rob, Rob, just wait. You're getting ready to go, but it's time to say goodbye. Rob, can I just make a point? Go on. As we say goodbye to this episode, which you don't like to do, can I point out that you may laugh at people who have an emotional support turkey or even an emotional support hog or an emotional support giraffe? But would you not argue that in some ways this podcast, this creation of ours, is our emotional support podcast? And in which, yes, and if it is, then do we not both need to be kind? And will you not say goodbye to the episode? Bye, Rob! Hope I've provided you with emotional support this week, Rob. Right, let me just clarify. When are we going to go away on a plane so I can have a seat? Yes, maybe we do tend to use this episode as therapy. But, um, not episode, this podcast. But, um... I would never, ever get on a flight with him. 
He's left, Rob. He's sick of you talking. Right. Anyway, we're going away together. You're not invited. Good. I'm very glad about it. You can take your fucking dead turkey as well. <laughs> anyway, Rob. Uh, anyway. We can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. We're on, t- we're on Twitter at, at lapodcast. And, of course, we have our own website. No, I said that, didn't I? LAPodcast.net. You can download all of our episodes from there. You can go to iTunes, search for LA Podcast, local news, Alex and Rob, we should come up. And you can download all of our episodes. And Email? If you, and if you can, get into that. You can leave us a review and subscribe. Please, people, subscribe. And if you find the time... Look, Jack, you're hanging around Japan not doing anything. And if you haven't read, left us a review before, which I grant you may, can you leave us a review? And, Craig, when you get... I don't know, a 10-minute break from slaughtering animals at the abattoir, can you please, please, please leave us a review? Although, obviously, maybe forget everything I just said before when you're leaving it. Um, Yeah. Uh, If you want to email us in a story or get it to us, you can post it on Facebook, you can tweet it to us, or you can email us the good old-fashioned way, lapodcast.net at gmail.com. We do not accept texts or telegrams. Rob, um... I was going to say something here at the end. Oh, that's it. I know, I know, I think this is probably the last time we need to mention it now, but Tumblr is dead. Oh, yeah. We don't yeah. have a Tumblr account anymore. Um, it's gone the way of SoundCloud and uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and, and for that, Rob and I will be getting emotional support animals. Yeah, yeah. God bless. And keep it local.